With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Attention Social Security and SSI recipients. If you did not receive an economic impact payment for your eligible spouse or dependents, you may need to file a 2020 tax return with the IRS and claim the recovery rebate credit. Go to ssa.gov EIP to see if you need to file a tax return and if eligible for other refundable tax credits, like the child tax credit. That's ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello and welcome to the Midweek Fix with me, Jamie Home. As we are in the middle of the dreaded international break with no Liverpool games, it gives us a chance to try a little bit of something a little bit different tonight. Um, and it's one that I'm particularly excited about as tonight's show is going to be all about my hero, Steven Gerrard, his career, the impact he had as a player and now as a manager. And then we're all going to discuss where we think he might move next. So tonight, just to call out before we dive in, is going to be brought to you by footballprizes.co.uk. This week's prize is a signed and framed boot from the man of the moment himself, Diogo Jota. It's $4.95 to enter and there are 99 tickets available. The offer Mm -hmm. ends next Wednesday. So go get involved. Now, joining me tonight to discuss a true Liverpool legend is Gav back on the cans, Doyle. Yes. <laughs> and very, very chirpy, I must say, coming in, come into the only. chat tonight, whistling. What do we owe this pleasure, mate? Cans, um, of course. Cans. I'm off, I'm off, I'm off the drink since, I, I think it's about eight or ten weeks, I don't know, but I just decided, if I'm going to have a can, I'm going to have it for Gerard. Where Shawnee's given out to me. He said, that's very bold. I said, Shawnee, I'm sorry, I'm back on it tomorrow, but it's cans, cans, cans tonight. 100%. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie, mate. I'm delighted. Keith, we've just been giving out about international football, mate. You didn't you didn't watch much of it, no? No. Coronation Street was good tonight, but and um, the missus was watching some Eating with the Enemy show as well, which was better than international football. So, yeah, that's that's how, how, how it's treated in my house. I just think it's absolute dead football, that international stuff. Like I was saying to you, Jamie, he's looking at the Ireland team. It was like pro Evo where all the players are making uppers and all that. It was <laughs> blade desperate times. Yeah, I'm the same, mate. I'm, I'm no fan at all. Grizz, you just come straight from another podcast. You, you, no rest for the wicked, pal. No, no rest for the wicked. You know, hard slug. Everyone's using and abusing me, but here's what it is. But yeah, uh, I'm not an international football man as well, to be honest with you. Can't stand it. 
Well, we're extent. not going to talk about international football tonight. You'll be delighted to hear. Instead, we're going to talk about, and to be honest, uh, the the chat that we've had on, on Twitter and, and on the Discord group, everyone's been buzzing about the show. They want to get involved. Um, and that is obviously because it's uh, about no other than Steven Gerrard. Now, lads, before we kind of go back through his career and, and, and the different key moments, I wanted to start by kind of going around the room. And I'll, I'll come to you first, Gav. And I want to get a sense of ultimately what Steven Gerrard meant to each of us as a player um, and what kind of impact he had. Because obviously we've all lived through his um, his kind of twilight years, his, his big impact, his big moments. So Gav, what did Steven Gerrard mean to you as a player? Unbelievable footballer. Absolutely unbelievable footballer. Um, I was just thinking today, if you're around 30 years of age and Steven, as a Liverpool fan and Steven Gerrard isn't your favourite footballer of all time, I don't know. I really don't. Like Everyone knows Barnes is my favourite. Always has been because, you know, when I'm seven, eight years of age, he, he arrives at Liverpool and he's just outrageous. But Steven Gerrard, for anyone that's about 30 years of age, you know, born in the, what, early... The 90s, is it? Is it the 90s at yeah. this stage? 92, would it be? Um, you'd be 30 years of age. You know, you, you're, you've grown up on Steven Gerrard, who for a, a large part of his Liverpool career carries this club. Um, un, unbelievable footballer. And, and you know what? Um, he, he means a lot to me, I suppose. You know, when, when you look at, you know, when, when you actually... When you start getting into football and remembering football and being able to properly celebrate things, Stephen Gerrard is, is there. Like, I remember, like, we, we'll talk about it later, but Istanbul, I was in a pub watching that and I literally came home with the clothes on my back. All my belongings were lost. Um, <laughs> it was, it was I, I was emotionally exhausted. I remember sitting on a curb with my brother and, like, the sweat at the end, the two of us yeah, we were just, uh, uh, we were gone, lost. like, we had nothing. I was in the pub, my wife was there, my mother and father and I were there, and I went berserk, and they just sat looking at me going, this fella is fucking insane. <laughs> but literally, cigarettes, lighters, phone, money, house keys, I'd only bought a house. Um, Dignity. A previous, uh, everything went that <laughs> night, and that was all, you know, in, a, a big part of that was down to Steven Gerrard, but just a phenomenal footballer, phenomenal captain for Liverpool, um, a, ma- a brilliant ambassador for Liverpool. And he's bringing us, you know, there's some lows in there, which we get on to later, but bringing us, brought us so many highs, so many memorable moments. And, you know, he, he goes down as one of the absolute greats at Liverpool Football Club. There's no, and, and, and will for, forever be one of the greats at Liverpool Football Club. I love this from Owen Burke. He said, Gerard was simply a hero to me. He gave us hope in dark times and carried us to some of our greatest nights. Keith, would you go along with that? Yeah, um, something Gav touched on, like um, for people of a certain age, I'm the same age as Steven Gerrard. So like, obviously Steven Gerrard breaks on the scene. You know, I had my heroes before that. As Gav said, John Barnes, you know, people of our sort of age. You, you formulate your heroes at a younger age, you know. And John Barnes would have been, yeah, the same for me, that sort of era. But Steven Gerrard came along and, you know, it was a slow start for him, but he quickly established himself into the team and, and he became, I wouldn't say too big for Liverpool, but too big for the Liverpool that was at the time. You know, it was being said in the chat, Sean, he threw in there, he should have left us. And you know what I mean? For for his own career. He he carried the team, you know, he carried the city. And we're going to touch it, we're going to go through his career, you know, and, and the way it ended was was heartbreaking for for Steven Gerrard, for, for a lot of fans. But, you know, for all of us and for, as Gav said, people that are 30 years old that don't idolise Steven Gerrard as Liverpool fans, 
you know, you are doing it, you are doing it weird. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, he's been there for all the very watching years. You know, as Gab pointed out there, Istanbul 2005, you know, we'll talk about other games, the, the FA Cup final, I fucking hate the FA Cup. We'll talk about his best games. I'm not going to, spoiler alert, it's the FA Cup final for me, but um, he's, he's just a sublime footballer, you know, and, there's, there's not been many better. Am I going to talk about the, the the players? You know, some people don't write much conversations on Twitter and all about, you know, what was he this, was he that? You know, when you, you hear about the, the praise Stephen Gerrard got from the best footballers in the world and the best managers in the world, it tells you all you need to know about him as a footballer. Absolutely. Walter Matilda, thanks for the super chat. Uh, says, Cup are made, day trippers on the big screen, ready to hear you eulogizing of one of the all time greats. Better than listening to Sadlier after the game. Grizz, <laughs> you, you, you listen You listen to the impact in the chat that, that this fella has had on, on so many Liverpool fans, you know, young and old. Uh, and, and obviously the lads have just shared their stories. How can you summarize the impact that he had on, on you and some of the moments that he gave you before we dive into his career? Um, you, you know, we often hear the phrase, don't we? Um, he was born to play football and we say about it every, every time we see a good player, we say, oh, he looks like a footballer. You know, he's born to play. This kid was born to play football and he was born to play for Liverpool and only Liverpool. Very few players leave legacies like Gerard has done at Liverpool. You can probably name them on your fingers, like sort of Raul at Madrid, um, you know, Terry at Chelsea, you know, can't even think of a Man City one, uh, United one, help me out. You know, Bobby Charlton maybe at, <laughs> at Man United. But this this kid, because I was older than you guys when I saw him as a kid, um, and I... The moment I set eyes on him, the moment you see him, an absolute specimen. People often talk about everything else, but people, some people, but what they usually forget about is his physique and how strong and how much of a physical specimen he actually was. And to be able to play football and some of the football that he would, would be able to produce being a unit like that, you have to be absolute out of this world. And that's what he was. Mr. Liverpool. Mr. Liverpool, Jamie, he is Mr. Liverpool. Anywhere around the world, you mentioned Liverpool, Steven Gerrard's name would be synonymous with that club. You mentioned Steven Gerrard, everyone will know Liverpool. Mm. And that's what the greats do to you. Absolute iconic figure for, for me. Um, me. My favourite player, Jamie, just like you, most fav- my favourite player of all time. I just can't get enough. Captain, my captain, someone said earlier, and that's the best way of describing him. I, I I don't usually give too many opinions when I'm hosting, but I have to for this just to just to to kind of summarise. I suppose what he meant to me. It he lived my dream. I think is the is the easiest ah. way to put it. A lad from Liverpool, you know, with the join the club when he was eight. Um, you know, let, let, dragged us, led us, however you want to say it, to to some of the greatest nights in the club's history. And from a personal perspective, and I say this, you know, misses and kids aside he was pretty much solely responsible for some of the greatest nights and moments I've had in my life. 
as a, as an adult, whether that's sharing it with friends, family, whatever, he has been at the forefront of all of it. So there is there is no no bigger no bigger fan than myself when it comes to Stephen Gerrard. Gav, if you if you kind of re- reverse a little bit, then and we Grizz touched on it, you know, you kind of knew when you seen him in the Liverpool side. I think he got his break. I think it was a Jamie Redknapp injury uh, in '98 got him his his first taste of first team football. What do you remember of his early years when you first seen him breaking uh, breaking on the scene? Well, of course, it's 98, Jamie, so you don't get information instantly like you would now. You know, like we can look up, you know, there's so many databases out there and so many avenues you can go down to look up any player in the world now, um, you know, from any age and know all about them and track them and stuff like that. But in 98, it wasn't like that. You know, you were you were maybe seeing things in match programs about you players. You, you might be seeing bits and pieces. I actually got it from an uncle of mine um, who used to go out and still does, goes to Anfield quite regularly. And, and you know, he'd be over there. He was, he's, he's four years old or five years older than me. So when Gerard's coming through, I'm 16. My mm. uncle's probably 21, 22, whatever it is. And he's he's the one telling me, saying, listen, they're all talking about this lad. He's going to be unbelievable. He's going to be absolutely unbelievable. Watch out for him. And, you know what, he comes on against Blackburn, doesn't he, to make his debut. I think he plays then away at Spurs and he's not great. Um, Do you remember the big baggy shirt on him as well? Yeah, <laughs> the big baggy short. And I, I think he, I think he might play away at Spurs and I think Janola plays for Spurs at the time. And, right. Um, he's not great, but he's right back. It's his second ever game. Because he, he, he scores that goal against Sheffield Wednesday and, and it's all, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But from what I'd heard and what I'd been told, you know, he was just... A phenomenon, you know, he was, he was big, he was strong, he could go one end of the pitch to your arm back again, no problem to him, great on the ball, great pass and great vision, great shot on him, fearless, he had everything and, and you know, you know yourself, when you look at players at Liverpool, who are from Liverpool, you know, skill, is skill and, and technique and stuff, it's all, it's brilliant, but it's all secondary, it's all about having the, the guts to play for Liverpool, having the, the physique to, to be able to really get stuck in there because you know yourself you go to Anfield and, and you'll see brilliant bits of skill but you know when, when someone lashes in a tackle you know like Flanagan done to Sterling there a couple of years ago the place goes mental you know it's it's a it's a, it's a young local lad smashing into someone they love it so from early on you know you've seen him at right back a little bit but you knew he was an athlete Jamie that's all that's what he was he was a pure thoroughbred athlete um, there was talk that he was growing a bit too fast. It could affect his groins. It yeah. could affect his um, his hamstrings, his back. He had they had to be very careful with how he looked after him and, and why because he was growing at a rapid rate, growing too quickly. I think was the what, what the way they put it. But from Growth early accelerate. on, accelerate. Yeah, but, but exactly. But but the way early on, you could see it in him that he had he, he had a lot. He had a lot. Like this is a fella going into training as a youth and smashing up Paul Ince, you know, and if you know, if, if you're if you're confident enough to go and do that to Paul Ince, who at the time was, you know, walked around with the governor on the front of his reg plate of his car. Um on his bit. You know, yeah, you you have to sky's the limit, Jamie, especially at Liverpool Football Club. Chris, I think the lads touch on something there, and that was something I think that, that struck me was was the aggression. And also you hear some of his his comments where even as a young kid, he'd go into training and he'd expect to be the best. And if he wasn't the best, it would it would eat him up of an evening. And he'd go in the next day and he'd focus on being the best. And he just he once he got the shirt, he didn't want to give it up to anybody. It is that the type of hunger and it's nearly like he's a little bit self-critical and you know he's just all consuming with football. Is that aggression 
uh, a thing of the past now? Do you think it's kind of like a dying breed, that hunger and that kind of, he backed himself that much that it didn't matter the stature of the players he was going up against. He just steam into them. Absolutely. I, I actually believe that is a dying, dying thing. He talks about it sort of when you, when you, when you watch documentaries of him and, or people talking about him, they, they talk about sort of his, his coach was Steve Highway, wasn't it at the time? Mm. And, and he says, this kid was just, you know, so aggressive for his age, so passionate for his age. And when they talk about sort of, he talks about clubs making efforts to sign him. You know, he, he, he says, you know, I, I knew at the time Liverpool weren't sort of one of the top dogs. There were other better clubs in for him, even at that age of 15, 16. He says, I knew what I wanted to do. I didn't give a shit how much they're offering me, what the, who I'm playing for, what, you know, where they're going to set me up, give me a house, give me a car. He says, I didn't give a shit. I knew my aim. I knew my aim in life was to captain Liverpool Football Club and have that passion to have that drive at a young age you know you put everything into it Jamie like you just said at the start he lived your dream that's what any youngster wanted to do growing up in Liverpool and he had the chance to do it and he was no way going to let it go and 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 so it proved he didn't let it go Keith Grizz touched on something there, and I think this was a turning point for him. Um, Gerard Houllier, I think he, you know, he's he's been uh, very vocal in the fact that Houllier had a massive impact on his career, and none more so that when he when he gave him the captaincy in two thousand and three, I think he was twenty three. Uh, this message is sponsored by Amazon. I want to get back to kissing the cheeks of my grandbabies, making Sunday dinner with a house full of family and lots of laughs. <laughs> COVID-19 has changed how we live and how we feel, but now there are vaccines. It's okay to have questions. Now get the facts. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccines. It's up to you. Brought to you by the Ad Council. At the time, and, and it was a bit of a controversial decision if you think about it. Sammy Hippier was, was, was fully fit. Big, uh, a mainstay of the Liverpool backline. Hadn't done anything particularly wrong. He'd been a great servant and was well-respected. But Gerard Houllier's seen this young, hungry lion, if you want, kind of driving through the team, whether that be at training or matches. And, and he felt that he wanted to give him the responsibility. Looking back, I mean, how big of a decision was that by Houllier? You know, in terms of obviously giving the player a boost, but also it's a massive responsibility for a player at that age to be captain of his boyhood club. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, 23 years old to go in there. Now, I personally think that was a poor decision for Gerard Houllier. I think he should have done it at the start of the season or the end of the season. He shouldn't have done it in the middle of the season. More, but, more so as a slant on Hippier as opposed to... Yeah, Hippier. nothing to do with Gerard. Just, you yeah. know, it could have sort of... Now, Hippier seemed to be fine with it. Do you know what I mean? I know he was a bit upset about it. But, you know, just from that point of view, I didn't think it was a great timing of the decision. But they knew what they were getting in Stephen Gerrard. You know, they knew what they had. I mean, you're talking about at 23, he's, what, four years in the in the first team by that stage. You know, he's really, really established. He's one of the best players uh, already in Europe at that point. And it was just letting him off the leash, really, wasn't it? It was, it was giving him the keys to Liverpool. It, it really made... The, the player and in some ways it, it was I'm not being critical of Julia like Julia was very formative to Gerard but I nearly felt like it, it put a bit of a cross on his back a, a crucifix on his back as well that he felt he had to carry the team you know it wasn't a great maybe Liverpool team at that stage 
they were they were on the cusp of things, but a few bad um, decisions after the the treble season and that, you know, it, it maybe put a little bit too much pressure on them. But he took it and he ran with it, and we're going to talk, as we said, about how, you know after the captaincy, you know, he took on Liverpool and and carried it like very few players have had to do. Top players, and we'll we'll talk about other top players. They play with great players, and Gerard at Liverpool for a lot of his time wasn't playing with with players who were on his level, even from a young age. St- Stephen Dunn makes a good point there. Actually, he says Gerard came up under the radar because of all the hype around Michael Owen, and 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 it, and it was he kind of stole the limelight for 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 a little while, and it allowed Gerard to kind of find his feet. And I think there was actually, a few coming through, Jamie, wasn't that back then? You had Carrigar that only come through, I think, two years before that. So this is it. The actual, the actual hype, well. the actual hype was around Carragher in midfield. So there was supposed to be Jamie Carragher, this midfielder that was emerging from the academy. Tough, tough tackling, strong, very vocal. You know, you're right. But he did come under the, slightly under the radar because, um, you know, Gerard Julio often talked about at the time in terms of he was looking for someone on the right side, he says. And then Steve Highway sort of asks him to come down and watch a reserve game. We, I've got a kid for you. And he goes, we're looking at right-sided sort of players, but then we see this this thoroughbred in midfield. So, you know, it was not not a chance, but Julia says the, the moment I saw him on that pitch. And how often is that, that the moment you see someone, these these coaches, these Julias, these Rafa Benitez, these, these wise people, they know when they see a player. And for Julia to say, as soon as I set my eyes on this thoroughbred, my focus totally shifted towards him. And that's such a compliment, guys. Philly echoes those sentiments in terms of, of his ability. He says he was the most complete player of a generation, had it all, passing range, shot and desire to win. He set the standard, done his talking on the pitch by his actions, wasn't the most vocal, but the most driven. And, and that kind of leads me to my next point. And I'll come to you on this, Gav, in terms of the captaincy before we we, we kind of move on. Do you think do you think he was a natural leader? In, in what we kind of define as leadership. Because as Philly rightly says, it, it didn't seem like he was the most vocal, but he very much led by his, his his actions. But what I would say sometimes, because he was so good, did it nearly feel like Stevie had to get us out of trouble and everything had to be funneled through Stevie, if that makes sense? Yeah, listen, um, it, it all it all depends on, on, you know, what way you see a captain. Like, we've all played football. And I've played football with captains that are mouths, and that's all they are, mouths. They're not even good at football. And then I play football with captains that don't say anything, but they're fucking great. And you know that they'll just do stuff, and then you go, that's why he's captain, because he's fucking deadly. Um, But but, but just on the captaincy stuff, like, I don't know whether it was a bit of panic by Julier, um, because the writing was on the wall for Julier around 2003 for me. Um, You know, he leaves at the end of 2003-04, but I remember being... I remember being in Anfield, I think they played Stowe Bucharest in the, in the UEFA Cup at the time. And all wasn't good. All wasn't good at Anfield. And, you know, maybe it was one of the last throw of the dice. Make Gerard the captain, make the local lad the captain. It's a good PR. But when, when you look at Gerard, I just think he does have a standard. Jamie, he has a standard and he, he sets it and that's it. And you have to stick to it. Like Peter Crouch says on his podcast, when he joins Liverpool, the one thing he's looking for is Gerard wrapping balls into him at 100 miles an hour. And Crouch is terrified. You know, terrified. He said the best there if he didn't get it under control. If I don't trap this immediately and lay it off to him, (laughs) 
I, I won't have a, a career in Liverpool. And Gerrard's seen so many of them where he went, yeah, he's, a good, he's, he's rumoured as a good player, but he's not. I'm telling you, he's not. And he said it openly about a couple of players. But I think Gerrard's evolution as a captain, and we go on to it later, I think it, I think it changes as he gets older. You know, I think uh, as a young captain at 23, I think his drive, his passion, his standards that we, he set, like we've said, I think that comes true. But I think as he gets older, I think he becomes a bit more vocal. He's trying, he doesn't see himself as a protector of people at 23, Jamie. But when he hits 30, he is a protector of people. You know, you see him at, at, um, at Anfield against, uh, Van Persie and Van Persie's mounting of him. And he's a right go of Van Persie's. He'll say, fuck you. Right. And, and I've, I've seen it later on in his career where he would protect players because he's becoming, although he was a senior figure at Liverpool from probably 2001 onwards, he was, he was the main man at Liverpool, you know, a couple of years later where everyone answered to him. And I think his, his evolution as a captain changed him as he went. And, and that was absolutely fine. But I had no issue with him being captain because as you said, Liverpool has standards. He had standards. And, and if he's captain and he has them standards and he expects everyone else to follow them, it can only be good. He was just let down by, by probably managers and owners as the years went on. But as a captain, no issue whatsoever. But whether Just that was ju- lead, whether that was leading by example in the in his actions, or or later on down the line, protecting players that played with him and 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 doing so as a captain, I think I think he was absolutely I think he was a great captain of Liverpool, one of the greats, really was. Go on, Grace. I was just going to say, I, I I don't think he was a natural captain when he was given it. Um, I think I agree with Gaff. I think it was a sign of des. Don't know what the word is. Why Julia gave him the captaincy? I think it may have been des- desperation. Multiple was, reasons, I think. Really. He was he was he was clinging on to his job, um, and and he what he needed amongst uh, other things was someone who would set the standard because Julia was big on standards. Julia was big on examples, standards, discipline. You we name it. As well, at the time, he was. I don't think enough is made of it. Liverpool needed somebody like Gerard Hulier to kind of shape the future of the club yeah. and, and and put that yeah. structure in place. Absolutely, and I, and I'm and I don't think Hulier saw saw sort of captaincy uh, uh, traits in him at that stage. I think he just knew, eyes closed, automatically that if I make Steven Gerrard the captain, the levels of everyone around the club would be raised because this guy. He, look, Stephen Gerrard for me in the early days was one of those that I think the captaincy kind of, I don't think he probably enjoyed it. He was, a, he, at that age, he was a player that was one of the best in the world and would love concentrating on his job and doing it to the best availability. He was frustrated in so many, in that period, he was so frustrated with some of his teammates that he would do everything on his own. So I think the captaincy... Later on, he, as Gav says, he evolved into being a brilliant captain. By the end of the term, he was in a magnificent captain. But I think in the early days, I, I'm not sure it was the most natural but thing But he was for him. he was definitely different at the end of it. Like yeah. he wasn't yeah. he, 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 his his presence and his and how he could get our referees or, or protect his own players was a much bigger thing than his actions come the end. And that's fair enough. He's thirty three or something when he leaves Liverpool. But I think you you know I think you're right. I think there might have been multiple reasons around that, but you have to remember who he is, as Jamie said, he's trying to shape Liverpool and he's trying to push them away from, you know, the, the, the spice boy image and all that. But at the same time, he knows Liverpool as an institution has certain things that you have in place. And one of those boxes, a massive box that's ticked is a young scouse fella 
as captain. It, it holds, it just, it keeps that tradition, right? You know, it keeps the tradition in the middle while you're trying to basically form a European club around it rather than an English club as, as Hulier was trying to do. I like Kev O'Sullivan's point here and he makes a great, it's a great shout. Gerard didn't do it alone. We spoke about him not always being the most vocal. He had the likes of Milner, Henderson, Carra in particular. You know, what a perfect lieutenant Carra is to have alongside you. He he would do the ranting and raving. I think it was Luis Suarez in the week came out and, and said it, you know, in training, Carra would just be on you. Um, so he, he was surrounded by good people, but but I think you're right. I think he, I think the key word that all of you have touched on there is evolution. And, and I think he evolved as a player and as a captain and, and none more so, and I'll come to you on this one, Keith, then I suppose the next phase of his uh, Liverpool career when Rafa Benitez came in and they kind of had a, I would say, a famed relationship um, or interesting is probably the word that I would go with in that the, the narrative was kind of that. And look, you got into a debate and this is why I wanted to come to you on this one about Gerard, his best position um, where he was most effective. Um, and you had a really interesting back and forth with a couple of people, actually, uh, in terms of Stephen Gerrard as a sentiment fielder. Now, the, the, Rafa Benitez is famed for being a little bit reserved. Stephen Gerrard is an emotional footballer, and I think he's quite self-critical, and he wasn't overly confident, surprisingly, for someone of his, his ability. And Rafa Benitez wouldn't be necessarily put there are an arm round your type. And do you think it's fair to say that Rafa probably didn't fancy Steven Gerrard in a, in a center midfield role because he probably had his two most productive seasons, arguably from the right hand side or off Torres, which watching them two together was like poetry. I have to be honest, but it did seem like Rafa, maybe they had an interesting relationship and he didn't fancy him in that kind of central midfield role, particularly in a two. Yeah, I I think there's no doubt that Rafa didn't really fancy him at the beginning centrally. And it was because Gerard he, he was tactically um he wasn't disciplined enough to sit in in a in a Benitez midfield, but that doesn't mean that he couldn't play centre midfield. It just meant that Benitez wanted a certain type of player in there and Gerard maybe didn't fit that mantle because Gerard boy, you know, as we've touched on, Liverpool weren't in a good place and he was carrying Liverpool and he was all things to all men at that stage. He was doing everything, putting out fires. Benitez didn't want that. Benitez wanted, you know, somebody in there. What where the Javi Alonso in the four season playing alongside Didi Haman and Igor Biscan even playing central. You know what I mean? Like it was Gerard wasn't sort of being utilized so cool. in there. Yeah, like it's Sissoko comes in the next season and, and then Mascherano gets brought in. You know, it's, it's, there definitely was an issue with Benitez, but I don't think that's a reflection on Gerard not being able to play the position, which was sort of what the, the debate was going back and forth. But I think, and Stephen Gerard, I'm sure, has said this Rafa Benitez made him a much better player. Rafa Benitez made him a tactically better player because, you know, Benitez was a strange fish. I think everyone can agree on that. I love Rafa Benitez, but he was, you know, well, Julia was... He took emotion. He seemed to take emotion out of football, I think, Rafa, whereas Gerard would probably thrive off emotion. They're always going to clash, you know? And and he was such a... um, Gerard was very much a touch on it, Jamie. You know, he, he wasn't an overly confident person. You know, forget about a footballer. You know, we we seen from the fact that he wanted to go to Chelsea because he didn't feel loved at Liverpool. You know, he, he was very, he seemed to have a lot of uh, insecurity 
as a person. And when he, if you're going from Julia, he was like a father to him, as he said himself. He was his mentor. He was the one who put him in the team. He guided his career. And then you go to Benitez, who's cold. He was like, the, you know, you do what I tell you. I'm not playing in the midfield. Do you know what I mean? It must have been a big, um, a big change for Gerard. And it, it, it's one of them things. It, it, Gerard, the point I was getting to last night, Jamie, that you, you would have seen was I think I can't think of many better players all around midfield players than Stephen Gerrard. And I said because he was defensively, you know, as an attacking midfielder, there's no one that was as good defensively. And, and this is what people said. Oh, he was defensively. He, he couldn't switch on defensively. He could tackle. He could, you know, he, he doesn't stint at right back. He comes through at right back. There's not many players that could do that. Right? He wasn't playing centre back. He wasn't breaking up play like a, a, a McAlealy or a Keane or, you know, those type of players. But they weren't playing attacking play like him. Do you know what I mean? Like there's not many players that had the range that Gerard had defensively and attacking and he just had to curb it a bit under Benitez Benitez was a, was a, as you said he was very tactical he was a tactician he had a Valencia he had a system you know like we talk about Klopp has his system the gag and pressing and all this well Benitez had that a Valencia his team were called the crushing machine because they just press 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 and he was coming into England into a Liverpool team that didn't have the discipline you know, that's one thing they didn't have at the end of the Julia year. Julia brought discipline into the team when he was manager, but by the end of it, there was but, ill but the discipline key, in that. The key, the key to the the key to that Rafa um, situation with Stevie, and so many fans pick up on it. Uh, pick up on it. I think it's an absolute um, awful opinion to have because, and I genuine and and it's- So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Proved And he proved on to go on to, to show that Playing as a number six was way too easy for him, lads. He was not used to it. It was far too easy for him. And and there's absolutely no shame or, or having a thought of putting players of the ilk of Alonso and Sissoko in that role and then picking Steven Gerrard because you know he's the only one capable of playing near enough anywhere on that pitch at an elite level. To say, Stevie, I've I've bought Alonso now, and I've got Sissoko and Mascarano, or all the other players that played in central mid during that time. But you're my best player, and I need you um, to go further forward or play in a certain role. You know, there's there's absolutely no harm in thinking like that because I genuinely think if you if you if you cage Stevie Gerrard and just made him sit. As a number six, he he could do those passes and and defending and tackling, but he was so used to in that period doing everything for his team. It was natural instinct for him to to, to to carry the team, and he thought that restricted him. Put him in if 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 if, if roles were reversed, for example, and you say if Rafa came in and said, "Look, I want you to play as a number six and just hold," he could do that with his eyes closed. Don't have any doubts about it. That's how talented he was. Of course, he was tactically naive because he was still a kid. He was still learning the game, you know. But by the greatest players that play in three or four positions elitely 
are not tactically naive. My God, that's an awful shout. In fact, they're tactical master, masters to be able to play in, in three, four positions like he has in his career. There was a there was a comment that came in. I can't remember who it was. I think it was, I think it was Stephen who said that Rafa needed Stevie and Stevie needed Rafa, and but maybe they just both didn't realize it. And, and I think it, you know, aside from football, you know, sometimes if you've got a boss in your everyday life who's annoying, sometimes you get your best performances because you just want to piss. You, you know, you just want to prove that boss wrong. And, and I think there was an element of that. Maybe Stevie was looking for Rafa's approval. He wasn't always giving it. One thing is for sure, though, Gav. They stumbled across something, a relationship between Gerard and Torres that was some of the football and the connections that, that those two had created some of the best moments I think that I've seen as a Liverpool player. Some, th- some of the things they did together and you just sit back and go, wow, it doesn't get much better than that. No, um, the two of them together were ridiculous, weren't they? But, you know, like Keith's touching on stuff there about him, what a player he was. Like, he played loads in mid, middle of midfield. Loads for Liverpool. Like, people go on as if Steven Gerrard, um, when Rafa Benitez turned up, ended out as a right winger out of 10. That's untrue. That's completely untrue. He played loads in the centre midfield. He played a wide. You see, the thing with Rafa Benitez was, he had a clash. I wouldn't even say it was a clash of egos. It was a clash of idea. And Benitez loved a really solid back four, really solid two in midfield. Really hard, wide men and two men up front. And it was all about the system. It was all about covering each other. It was all about, you know, he, he was tactically obsessed. He was, the, the, Rafa Benitez was, and he felt if you were tactically obsessed and you could go about your business in a tactical way, regardless of who was on the pitch, you could win games. All right. And Gerard ends up on the right hand side because he has the engine to go up and down the right hand side, but he's also so creative from there. You know, Liverpool were short of a wide man at the time. And he wants Gerrard, of course you want Gerrard in the team, but you have got the likes of Alonso, Mascherano, so so goes around there. And Gerrard ends up on the right, and he's brilliant at it. But then he goes into the 10, and it unlocks Steven Gerrard, because it takes a bit of responsibility away from him. And not only, I'm not saying that because he's tactically inept, or bad defensively. I've seen him putting great defensive performances. I've seen him, you know, track runners and, and putting brilliant tackles. I've seen all that. But it unlocks him because it releases him where he doesn't feel he has to do everything. And that was Gerard's biggest problem in the middle of midfield. He had to do everything, Jamie. Everything. He had to chase. He had to tackle. He had to fucking track runners. He had to be, you know, covering this fella, covering. He was trying to do the lot. Whereas at 10, he was told, listen, you can chase, you can tackle, but don't worry about it. There's eight fellas behind you that that's their job. And their job now is to unlock you, the running power, the vision, the passing, the shooting, the the the, the relationship with Torres. And it, not only Torres, if you look at that team, like you still had you still had um Kite, you still had Riera at the time. And he wasn't only it wasn't just him and Torres playing football, but it, it was it was releasing Gerard in a way that you said to him, You are most devastating from forty yards in. Okay? Don't worry about anything else beyond that. We're freeing you up to be the most devastating you can. And he was. He was unfucking believable. But all this centre midfielder, DM, attacking, doesn't matter. Steven Gerrard was a midfielder and he was one of the greatest midfielders you've ever seen. Ever seen. It's as simple as that. But him, he and, Torres, him and Torres, oh, it, was, it was scandalous at times. It was absolutely fucking scandalous at times. West Ham away. A couple of minutes into the game, and roles are reversed, and Torres is playing in Gerrard, am I right? And he rounds the keeper and scores early in 08 09. And um, I think Gerrard wins it with a late penalty that day. And it's, you're looking at it, and it's, 
it was just, and, and I'm not even talking about like even in that title win or that title going to try and win a title. I'm talking about all sorts of Newcastle at home is outrageous. You know, Gerard's heading balls toward the yards into Torres's path. <laughs> mad stuff, absolutely mad stuff. But at the stage Liverpool were at, the manager he had and the ideas he had, it was an absolute perfect position for Steven Gerrard. And people will tell you, well, he couldn't go back there because he had this. He could have went back there, but you would have lost a lot of Steven Gerrard there in that sort of sight. That's that's the way I look at it. He was he was outrageous. Megan Megan makes the point. She says Gerard and Torres, one of the best partnerships I've ever seen. They knew where each other was all the time, and she's dead right. I mean, Stephen Gerard. Sometimes I've seen him playing passes without even lifting his head. He just knew to clip it into an area. And the best part was Torres was already on the spin. They had the best relationship, total understanding. Keith, you were going to jump in there with Gav. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, you know, it, 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 I agree with Gav. Gerard uh, could play anywhere, and I wasn't. I wasn't saying he couldn't play sort of in the central midfield role and that he lacked the discipline or that. I just felt Rafa thought that, you know what I mean? And and when when you unlock a player like Gerard, Gav said he played on the right, he wasn't playing as a right winger. And I think it sort of played into him going into the 10 really, didn't Because he was, if you look back at, and I'm sure we've all gone through nearly a, a, a rabbit hole of Gerard videos over the last couple of days. I was a in lot one today goals, preparing for this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the goals were, you know, that right-hand side, he scored some outrageous, like like no one you'll ever see, striking the ball from out on the right-hand side, you know what I mean? And just drilling them in. He was so effective out there. Gav's right, he could play anywhere. This fella, you know, he could play anywhere across the middle. He could play anywhere just up off the front. I'm pretty sure he, if he wanted to play centre-back, he could have played centre-back. Do you know what I mean? Like this fella was so good, so... Um, naturally gifted. I just think he could have played anywhere. And I just think there was a clash with Benitez and him at the start that they both sort of walked through as as the career as their time together went on. And I think Gerard noticed that as he finished, um, sort of how much of an impact Rafa had I, on him. I think. Sorry, before you you ask your next question, Jamie. Someone I am um, in a super chat earlier, and I wanted to keep it in my head um, because I didn't want to answer at the time or put it up on the screen. He said, what would Gerard be like in this team? Now, he'd be outrageous because they'd sit Fabinho behind him and go, you do what you want. In an A, you have all the energy to run around and track and kick and, and do whatever you want and then just supply that front three. He'd be, he'd be outrageous. But I think, I think on, on Benitez, and you, and Jamie said it, or one of you said it, he didn't feel loved the Chelsea stuff. I think, I think that was a culmination of, underachievement at the club. They weren't reaching his standard, alright? And I don't think it was a love from Benitez. I think it was the club itself saying, listen, you're not giving me enough. And I don't even mean in money terms. I mean, you're not giving us enough here to get to the standards that I expect. That's what I think it was, the overall thing. You know, and, and people have said, if he went to Chelsea, would he play centre midfield? He fucking sure he would play centre midfield for Chelsea and United and all those. But, and the Benitez stuff is interesting. I think he's had the biggest effect on his career, Rafa Benitez. Yeah. When we talk about him as a manager, later, I think he's. I had think Stevie nearly alludes most, to that sometimes. Yeah, he's, as he's well. had yeah. the most effect on him without a shadow of a doubt. The way he carries himself now and the way he talks about the game, it's like listening to Rafa Benitez and scouts. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's a strange one, and we're going to come on to his managerial escapades uh, later on. And, and and it's strange to see 
nearly Rafa-esque teams and setups. I, I wouldn't have thought that you'd see that from, from Gerard, but we'll, we'll come to that later on, Grace. I want to come to you. Gav, Gav touched on it there in terms of, you know, you've gone from the highs of Istanbul and, and in the essence of time, like we could sit here and talk about Istanbul for the next three hours quite happily. Uh, but Gav, Gav's got a game, a war zone to play. So we want to try and keep this to, 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 to an hour. I'm running out of cans. <laughs> and he's running out of cans. <laughs> but, but Grizz, I, w- I want to come to you because if you look at the highs of, of Istanbul and, and we all talk about the, you know, the emotional impact that had on us as, as fans and, you know, we'll never forget that. I don't think we'll ever see a game like that. I don't think you'll see many performances like that, whether it's, the Roy of the Rovers header, it's it's pitching in at right back. It's going from the lows of being turned and scored against in the first half. Like it, it had everything and you could see the the emotion pour out of Steve, Stevie. It was like he took off the shackles, you know, that he'd been carrying for so long. And he was now, a you know, a winner of a, of a massive major trophy as captain uh, for Liverpool. You go from those extreme highs and quite quickly things go sour. And Gav t- t- touched on it there in terms of the Chelsea interest. Mourinho has always said, I think he was his best ever enemy or some or words to that effect. A lot of top clubs have been after Gerard. I think Real Madrid had been after him. There's some Inter famous, yeah, Inter Milan, famous quotes from Raul about trying to get Gerard. Do you think that there, you could have understood off the back of Istanbul? He, he, he made it sound like he was unloved. He didn't feel the love of the club after such an iconic night. Would you have understood if he'd have potentially gone to, to what was at the time an exciting project under arguably the world's best manager in Jose Mourinho? Oh man, good question. I don't know how I would have felt. I don't know. Honestly, I can't say. But for him to even contemplate and even think about leaving Liverpool just shows you where we were and what state he we were. He was close to going now, let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close. You know, he admits it. He openly admits it. Um, you know, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know how I would have felt. Um, look, it, he was the most coveted player at that time. You're talking Zidane, player at the time, being asked sort of, you know, bring Gerard to my club. There was another, uh, Keith might know, the Italian player who was asked, Totti, oh, Totti you know, who, 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 who would you like to sort of come to captain your club and play world. with you? And he said, Stephen. Captain his world. More than yeah, yeah, he, he'd captain his world 11. And let's not forget that, that Jose Mourinho is not the one we see today. <laughs> that was the sharpest brain in football at the time. The best manager at that time. He's probably got one of the best Premier League teams coach. He's probably in charge of one of the best Premier League teams we've seen. Let's not beat around the bush. They were fucking magnificent. Sensational. Sensational. And who does he want to improve that team? Who does he want? He wants Steven Gerrard to come in and improve that team. And that's Free world makes it. a good point, Chris, just to jump on in on that. Mate. Yeah. He says Lampard was that good that Chelsea wanted Gerrard. Listen, we, we often we often talk about... Don't they were we going to play about, them together. But, but, no, but Gav, we talk about all these players and when we talk about the best midfielders in the Premier League ever and we talk about the Lampards and the Vieiras and the Keens. You tell me one of them that could play every role elitely as Steven Gerrard could play. Just name me one. I can't mm. think of one player that could play the amount of roles well, or positions see, that Stevie G could no, play. No, I, I, I don't I don't think so either. I think the likes of Keane or Vieira could do a, a job at right back. I think they can do a job as a centre midfield, defence midfielder. But I'm sorry, nobody's nobody is doing them 
and going forward and playing as a 10. No Not one. a fucking hope. No. Not a hope. And this is why the, the discussion around who's the best midfielder, Keane, Vieira, Gerrard, it's ridiculous. It's a stupid conversation. It's a stupid conversation. Who You can you can definitely put who's the best defensive midfielder. It's Roy Keane, without a shadow of a doubt. Who's the best central midfielder? I think it's Vieira, because I think he, he had everything. But who's the best attacking of them all? It's Steven Gerrard. I think you could pick them three in a different... It, 11, you know, depending on what way you want to do it. He, he was so fucking good. It was yeah. it was ridiculous how good he was. And and people had said, like, if he goes to Chelsea, what would he do? I'll tell you what Chelsea would have done. They would have just went, listen, McAuley, we're going to let Gerrard and Lampard go. We're going to have two wingers and we're going to stick Drogba up front on his own. And Drogba will have all the support he needs in Lampard and, and Gerrard. And you see, the thing was, people told you that Gerrard couldn't play with Lampard. But that's not the truth. They played in England and they were, they were good in England. But people said they can't play together. They, can't, they absolutely could have played together. They were two brilliant footballers. And brilliant people, footballers can Gav, absolutely play together. Gav, people forget um, um, England beat Germany 5-1 away from home. And He's guess who's playing central midfield, lads? It's yeah. fucking Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard is orchestrating that game, running that game. Um, and Germany weren't no... No, no, no he ran all the over. The, he ran all over the German midfield that day to the point from, where from he was fucking. Midfield. He was yeah. not making Didi Haman and everything, taking the yeah. piss out of him at this stage as a teammate, and he was taking the piss out of him. It was outrageous. Now, uh, there's a load of questions that came in on our Discord, Discord group that I, that I want to get to, right? But one of the topics that before we move on to those is, um, I suppose the the final manager uh, that, that was uh, at the helm in, in Gerard's latter years at the club, and that was Brendan Rodgers. And this, again, we talked about evolution and, and this scene, Stephen Gerrard dropped back into a, into a deeper role. Um, doesn't that show the type of player that he is? Look, his legs were going, uh, Keith, you know, his legs were going. He was still able to pl- influence the game, get us ever so close to that elusive title. And, and un- unfortunately, in the, in the cruelest of circumstances, mm. it didn't quite work out for us. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, the, it's a terrible way that it ended up. But the first point, Jamie, you know, Rogers goes in there and puts him central midfield. Now we used to have this huge issue with with players like Beckham and all wanting to be this quarterback. You know, play to your strengths and and you know your game will go from there. And Gerard, I'm not saying his career had sort of stalled, but I think sort of post Benitez, you know, he had not declined, but there was injuries and that and it maybe didn't look like he had another a final way of, of his career left in him. And Rodgers came in and played him in that sort of defensive midfield role. Look, he hadn't got the legs. We know he hadn't got the legs. But some of the stuff he produced that year was was brilliant. You know, the Sean, you, I think, mentioned in the chat earlier, the pass for storage at Craven oh, Cottage is one, one of the best passes you'll ever see. Do you know what I mean? It He's really fo- you know, it's not even it's just fucking Jimmy. It was like Jimmy White he was playing for. <laughs> it was ridiculous. The ball's like, you know, it was like watching Big Break on a Saturday night, the spin and all, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> Tiger Woods with the golf gaff. Tiger yeah, Woods with yeah, the golf wind and spin. Like yeah. 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 But but the weird thing was, lads, it wasn't even that it was it was executed with the outside of his, his force and the spin. He was falling. He was falling as he did it, and he still managed to get the check on the ball and make it run in, into Storage's path. But that was a sign, wasn't it, of the player? That was, you know, it's easy to forget. As I say, I think um, the, the, his game had changed so much. He wasn't the dynamo in the in the latter years. And a lot of the injuries had played into that. You know, he didn't have the explosiveness anymore. 
but when you saw that that sort of pass, as Jamie you said, he's fallen and he can still do that. And it's you know Daniel Sturridge isn't having to do too much there. You know what I mean? It's the ball is just going where it has to go. Lads, you ask any of the strikers, less any of the strikers he played with, whether it's national uh, internationally or his club side, you ask them. You know who's the man that would love to uh, sort of get passes from, and they would eyes closed say Steven Gerrard. And I'm not talking about sort of just. You know, you're talking set pieces, you're talking free kicks, you're talking long range, you're talking th- the Xabio Alonso type passes or the Coutinho through ball types. He had it all. So look at the players I've mentioned. Phil Coutinho, magnificent slide rule pass, right? You, you call the slide rule pass. Xabio Alonso, the ping, the 40-yard switch. This guy, this guy had a combination of all of that. I mean, that's how fucking good he was. That's why I'm saying that he could easily play that role. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know, being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. And so he proved it in 2013-14 because, look, we haven't got a great team in 13-14. Let's, let's be real. Suarez and, all right, Suarez and Sterling and Sturridge, but the rest of the team is, <clears throat> you know, debatable. And this, this, this guy you're talking about sort of hasn't got legs is, is playing as a number six at the position that everyone's talking about. We can't play. Yet we're on the fucking verge of winning the title against some good fucking teams in there. So don't let anyone tell you that he can't play central midfield because he played it near his in his last years with his eyes closed and and should have nearly did we know the tragic uh fucking incidents but he should have won the league title playing at central midfield so that blows your theory up he loved a good yeah. striker he loved a good striker it's, you know torres it, it, and suarez it, it, and he, 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 he knew what they because if he's putting balls in and they're getting on to what he can do He's licking his lips at the idea of playing with them type of players. But he, but he learns throughout his career because if you remember when he comes in in 98, he's feeding Michael Owen, right? Who's pace. He's fucking yeah. out. He's just ridiculous pace, right? And then as you move through the sides that he's looking at, like you remember 2001, right? He's got Heskey, who's big and strong. He's looking for a ball into the box. You've got a Littmanen that's looking for little balls into certain areas. And as it moves on, then you've got Barros. Barros was just head down and run, but he was actually a good in the box striker so we knew where to put it from him he had Morientes that was brilliant in the air and as it goes on and then he hits Torres and then with Torres the reason it's so good with Torres is because he has the pace he has the intelligence and he has the aerial ability as well it's a it's it's a marriage made in heaven because as Gerard progresses throughout his career he's and we all learn throughout our career different whatever we walk at whatever we, we we focus on we learn how to get better at it and Gerard despite being a brilliant, brilliant footballer from a young age, you can see, no matter who comes near him, he knows what ball he wants adjusts. to get. He, he adjusts all the time. He adjusts all the time. And then he adjusts to Sturridge and he adjusts to Suarez. And you see, you see what happens. We're going to get into a row over 2013, 14 in a minute, I think, because, um, or maybe with the, with the chat, because, again, Keith had a, a thing last night about... Um, Gerard in 2013 and 14 and, and people were saying, you know, it showed how defensively naive he was. 
you need to look back and look at 2014 to understand what that team was because <laughs> because if you want to put a defensive focus on that side, forget about it. Liverpool just name the back five, Gav. Name well, the, the back, back five. The back five is Mignolet, Glenn Johnson, Skerl, Agar, Ali Sissoko. Flanagan. Or Flanagan. Flanagan, right? Flanagan, yeah. Yeah. And then you've Gerrard, you've Joe Allen, uh, Joe Allen, Henderson, Henderson or Coutinho. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, Henderson, Coutinho, and then you've uh, or, or Sterling. Um, and then you've the two boys up front, but that team was made to. I don't blame I don't blame Rogers or Gerard on that because I think they looked at it and went and literally lads we knew we are playing with fourteen players max, and they just went what's the easiest way to do this what's the easiest way to do it tell you what the easiest way to do is we just go for it, and people are saying would well, you look at the goals we conceded if we had changed that we would have scored we would have conceded probably instead of, I think we conceded 50 goals that season or 52 goals yeah. and we scored 102 or something. Yeah. But <laughs> if we had changed ourselves, we would have had, um, we would have maybe scored 70 goals and conceded 30. It made no difference. It made no fucking difference. Gerard was in that side to provide for these others. He wasn't, he wasn't sitting deepest because he was a brilliant defensive midfielder. Yeah. He was sure a quarterback. Like he yeah, he was, he was, painted as a quarterback because he could, his range of passing he wasn't in there because Gerard could run around and, and tackle and he was brilliant it, it wasn't like that this, you know it, it just wasn't and and you just had to take that season for what it was because it was just outrageous it was so fucking good it was built on sand but it was so fucking good to watch and you just have to take it on its merits and its merits were it was a mad team it was a limited team they looked and said, what's our best way forward? And our best way forward was Gerard trying to feed Sterling, Suarez and Sturridge. That was it. Everything it's, in between. It's, it's funny. I think everyone tries to make too much of it. It just, it was one of the most enjoyable periods I think I've had as a fan. The madness that you would see. I remember a game away at Cardiff and I was just like, oh, what mental. the fuck? What yeah, the fuck man. are we watching here? Like it was you know, just <laughs> complete end to end, but it was brilliant. And, and, and Cardiff were shit, weren't they? And he went, they went ahead twice. Awful, yeah. absolutely. But that was that was every game, and it was brilliant. And the, the highs, the lows. But we only had one way to go with that, and that was look. You cannot win leagues with that back five. Sacco, Skirtle, uh, Sissoko, and Flanagan with mini lane goal. Just it's 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 not going to happen. So I, I think you're dead right, Gav. Now I want to I want to move on because we've got, got a couple of questions um, that I want to get to, and we kind of touched on on a few of them, right? And the first one, and yet in the chat, people were asking, is the Discord group group back? Yes, it is. It's been buzzing today. Loads of good chat. Uh, Gav has put the link in the description to, to this video. So please do get involved. Uh, we had some great crack there. Um, the first question that came in on the Discord group was from Dynamo Kev. And he said, and I'll come to you on this one, Grizz, where could Liverpool have ended up had Gerard not been the player he was and arguably carried them for so long? Oh, scary. Oh, that's a that that's a yeah, that's a scary thought. I don't even want to think about it. You, you know, we often hear about one man team and 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 that period of let's say, you know, uh two thousand and four onwards, we were literally a one man team, guys. This guy was you gotta remember Owen had gone, um, you know, he was left with that Milan Barroshera and sort of, you know, you know, it, I struggle to think how we done it. We look that team that we talk about against AC Milan, the the, the the famous Istanbul. You look around that team, lads, and you think to yourself, "How the fuck did we beat one of the greatest club sides ever produced by one of the all-time great managers?" And it's simply because of this one-man wrecking machine that was Steven Gerrard. That's the levels he took us to. 
Um, I dread to think that the levels we would have got to without him. I'd rather not think of the levels that we, you know, we would have reached or you know dropped. Um, but let's just look at the levels he took us because without Steven Gerrard in that period in that era, oh man, we would have been would have been in, in some very very dark places in my opinion. Keith, I'm going to come to you, right? Because so, the next the next question that came in is 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 linked to uh, the conversation that we were having um, on Twitter, and it was obviously about Steven Gerrard and his ability as an all round footballer. Yeah. And uh, I think one of the things that was raised, I think, it was from Wisdoms of Liverpool, <clears throat> excuse me, on on Twitter, and he said that pound for pound, he felt that Steven Gerrard was the best footballer the world has, had ever seen. And when I first read that, I was like, oof, big, big old claim that because, you know, you, you only have to look at the likes of Lionel Messi and, and you know, it's, it's hard to contemplate anybody else. I think what he was trying to say is if you look at the attributes he had in all the different areas, i.e. his range of passing, his drive, his aggression, his unbelievable goals, his reading of the game, um, it, you know, it, as I said, his, his, his tackling, tackling, his leadership, all of, all of the qualities that he had. Do you think that he's he's on to something there or do you think that that's overshooting the mark a little bit? Yeah, I, I like you, Jamie. I felt it was a bit, I don't know about that. And then the more I thought about it, I tended to agree. Gav touched on something earlier about, um, you know, Vieira was the best central midfielder. Kim was the best defensive midfielder. You know, Steven Gerrard was the best um, attacking midfielder, overall midfielder. And if you look at his peers then, it was, you know, Lampard, Scholes, Kim, Vieira. Everything they were good at, Gerard was just as good at, if not. No, Scholes was a myth. But no, but he's always thrown in there, Gav. You know what I mean? Yeah, and what they'll say myth. about Scholes, what they'll say about Scholes is his passing range. Gerard's passing range was better than Scholes. Do you know what I mean? And his tackling is as good as uh, Roy Keane's. Is 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 able to dictate the play like Vieira is as good, if not better. His goal scoring is as good as Frank Lampard. So everything they're good at. Gerard is equal, if not better than them. But they're not to say they're one-trick ponies, but Gerard could do it all. Do you know what I mean? And and that's the point, I think, when you sort of say, as an all-round player, pound for pound, you know, you look at the players who, who eulogised over Steven Gerrard, Zinedine Zidane, Ronaldinho, you know, these are the best players in the world at the time. Now, they're not, that's not to say they couldn't do this, but they're... It, attacking midfielders or creative midfielders. They couldn't put a shift in at the back or they couldn't, you know what I mean, get in and, and take a game with a scruff of the neck with a tackle, as we've said earlier. Gerard could do that. And and I'm hard-pressed to think of another player who could do it all like he could. And if anyone has any suggestions, throw them in. I genuinely can't think of another player. Absolutely. I know, I, know, I know where the <laughs> gentleman, whoever brought that up, is coming from. Because I'm like you, Jamie. When you, when you actually just read it and you think, ah, oh, look, we love Gerard, but calm down. <laughs> but then when you calm down and you bring out, when we look at the world's greatest players or any sort of, when you when you try to evaluate a, a football player with there's so many sections that you go through, subsection criteria, whatever, call it what you want. So we look at heading, we look at tackling, we look at passing, all these criteria. I'm with Keith. I struggle to find someone who will score higher overall at that total yeah. than Steven Gerrard. I mean, maybe that's a, another a, a poll we could do someone or something, but I genuinely can't think of anyone. All the attributes that's needed to be a football player, lads. We all know the attributes, dribbling, strength, 
high uh, heading, d- defensive tackles, you know, all, all these perimeters, put them up against anyone else and see who scores the highest at the bottom. I'm struggling to think of Pe- anyone. People are lashing me over. Um, people um, are lashing Just me over. Saying, comments. Yeah, you're going to yeah, have to give some context. Yeah, here, Gav. Uh, what I'm saying is, um, like, what was Skulls? You know, like, he couldn't tackle. He couldn't chase. He couldn't track. He was a he was a luxury player. Paul Scholes, oh, but he was a superb player. Superb player in a luxury in a luxury um, environment. Don't get me wrong. Brilliant. But very limited. Great pass. I agree no, with you. He had, he had a great passing range. He, great vision. He, he scored the odd goal. But I'm sorry. He, he doesn't measure to fucking Steven Gerrard. I'm sorry. No, he just that's, doesn't. No, that's fair enough. He just that's absolutely doesn't. Um, if you're going on, on certain criteria. If you're going on if you're going on vision and touch touch vision and passing, Skulls is great. But that's not a midfielder for me. There's lot, so much more to a midfielder. And he... I'm sorry, Skulls isn't even in the same stratosphere as Steven Gerrard or or Roy Keane or Patrick Vieira or Kevin De Bruyne for that matter. That's the context I put on it. Now, uh, uh, Avi had had made made a point in the Discord group and he wanted us to touch on Steven Gerrard's England performances under the likes of Sven, Capello and Hodgson. And Grizz, I'll I'll come to you on this. Do you think that he he suffered because of the fact that he was so well-rounded that he he kind of had to play more of a restrictive role for England in that he was probably more, a little bit more defensive. It was often Lampard that was was allowed a little bit more attacking freedom. Do you think that he was guilty, um, I suppose, or he suffered because he was more well-rounded than the likes of a Lampard, which meant that Lampard was given that Could freedom? only play. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Um, Do you think he reached his full potential for England? No, of course not. Of course not. The whole England team. I've said this before as well. The whole that whole England era. The golden. Um, the golden. I mean, just like I believe that in in Gaza's time, in Gaza's period, because that's how highly I rate Gascoigne. Gascoigne was amazing. That Gascoigne team, that England team, should have been based around Gascoigne. Gascoigne and the rest. That's how it should have been. Let's fit whoever, whoever, whoever. A long time. Gaza same, and the lads. Same thing with Stevie, Jamie. Honest to God, Steven Gerrard was, should have been the first name on that team and then build your team around him, your positions, how you want to play and whatever. Look, he wasn't managed properly by England, but then again, which player has been managed properly by England? So his England career is a myth, you know, using Gav's words today. Um, you know, I, I disregard his England career just for the very fact that, you know, he was mismanaged, played out of position. You could say that, yeah, they didn't, no one understood at, cl- at international level, no one understood what this guy brings to you, how potent he can be in a certain position. And and he was wasted, um, you know, to play the likes of Lampard and Scholes ahead of him in the attacking role was a travesty. And, and so it proved by because England didn't win anything, ultimately. It's actually Scholes got fucked out onto the wing, wasn't it? That's why Scholes jacked it in as well. He was getting moved around um, to accommodate more maybe uh, functional midfielders. And look, as Liverpool fans under Klopp, we always say the functional midfield, the functional midfield. But something about that England generation, they were touted as the next big thing. And there was the hype about Gerrard and Lampard as as Gav touched on earlier. You know, they couldn't play together. So it had to be a Hargreaves or it had to be a... Keith Carrick, or I had to be a, I had to be a someone else in there, you know what I mean? And, and Gerard would be put to the right, or Skulls would be put to the left, you know what I mean? It was, but Keith, lads, this is the thing we've we've been sort of 
slightly critical of the way Rafa handled Steven Gerrard. But ultimately, we ended up saying Rafa was so influential in Gerrard having the best years of as a player. Mm. England needed that kind of coach who was brave enough and had the balls to play Steven Gerrard in his rightful position and as the leader of that midfield. But not one single English manager or in charge of England, whoever it was, had the balls to play him in his rightful position. And that was a shame. But Sven was the main one, wasn't he, for that that team? Like Sven was the manager for that, you know, golden period. And he was nearly one of the lads, you know what I mean? And and you're right, Capello came in there and they're all like, don't like this. You know what I mean? Or don't like this disciplined crap. Where's Sven gone? You know, after the, the McLaren and the likes, you know what I mean? It was a bit of a culture shock when they got that disciplinarian in there. So they were just mismanaged, I'd say. Now, I want to finish on a, a question that came in from Chris Brack, but I'm going to leave that to last, right? So before we move to that, I just want to move on to his managerial career. And I'm going to come to you, Gav, um, because obviously we've had, we've been chatting all day in the, in the Discord group about kind of uh, one of the questions that came in, came in from Eunice, who basically wanted us to discuss, obviously, have we been impressed with the job that he's done at Rangers so far? And what do you feel is a logical next step for Gerard after Rangers. Uh, where do you sit on that one? Well, you know, we, when he finishes at Liverpool, he goes to um, America and then he, he actually comes back to Liverpool, doesn't he? And he's he's still under 18s. Under 18s. Yeah, um, yeah. And the chance comes up to go to Rangers. Now, people were shocked by that. You know, I wasn't, but people were shocked going, he's only at Liverpool and he says he loves Liverpool. Why is he going to Rangers? It's the drive in Steven Gerrard. It's just simple. You know, he, he sees... Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. The big challenge up up at Rangers, you know, Celtic are at the time eight in a row, seven in a row, whatever it might be. And he goes there and, and they're a mess. Rangers are a mess. And look, I'm in Ireland. Every fucking person in Ireland is a Celtic fan. Um, they pick Celtic over, over Rangers, but I'm not, I, I don't watch a lot of it. Um, but it's kind of piqued me interest over the last while just to see how he's doing, but they're a mess. But. He's the best person they could have got because we've talked about his standards so much on this podcast. That Steven Gerrard walks into Rangers Football Club and he went, This there's no doubt in my mind he walks in there and not before he even signs the contract, he wants absolute guarantees to the point where he says, If you don't follow these truths, the absolute letter, I'll walk out the door. Um, because I want standards and I want them met, and if they're not met, I'll be out of here. And I think that's we said earlier about him being tactically um obsessed. He's been he's been quoted as or, or people have been quoted talking about Gerald as tactically obsessed, and that's why I bring it back to Rafa Benitez ha- probably having the biggest, yeah. you know, um, the biggest effect on his managerial career. They mightn't have gone on, but there's no doubt Gerard Carragher and others have looked at Benitez and went, well, you know, he the way he went about it maybe wasn't their cup of tea, but the way he actually does it and how obsessed he is 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 absolutely where I want to go. And at Rangers, I think. It, the biggest thing I can throw him is he he sets that standard. 
and he drags the club to the standard because these these are people that you know couldn't pay bills. They were all over the place. There was Mike Ashley stuff going on. It was it was madness. I I when you declared bankrupt in eight years ago, whatever it was, or six years ago, whatever it was. But but Gerard is the sort of fella that comes in there and all right, he's a punt by Rangers because he's only an under eighteen manager at Liverpool. But he goes in and he, he just decides you do this and here's here's the ten things I want. Every player, every member of staff, I want this. And if we do this, we'd be absolutely fine. But you look at him now, um, you know, it, it's been an impressive season on season. I think this year they've been extremely good. I, I've i been disappointed in Celtic because I think I would have loved to see him go up against the team, really go up against the team in, in, a, in, a, in a league chase. But what he's done has been very impressive. And then you look at the European stuff where he's he's took them from, you know, nothing. Um, realistically nothing because they were on the floor of that club to really challenge in the, in the Europa League and and oh, I think he'd have fancied it if he'd have got through that last round I think he'd have fancied it so you've seen him progress in 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 a club of massive stature in fairness you've seen him progress in the league over steadily over a couple of years and you've seen him in Europe progress steadily over a couple of years all a learning curve but so far really really good for me really good Keith, there's a lot. There's a lot of comments coming in on the chat, and the general gist seems that he needs another move before he is, is, is potentially comes to to Liverpool. What would be your ideal destination? Would you like to see him come to a Premier League club? Uh, I think there's been you know little bits of, of news about potentially Wolves has been moved to it as a destination, which I personally think would be would be a, a good a good club for him um, if something like that could happen. Or do you think he, he needs to kind of uh, get himself into into Europe, a big club in Europe, and 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 get a sense of of, of that side of the game before coming back to the Premier League? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, Jamie, because I think he needs to you know get out of Rangers. But he's not going to get our Rangers because he's going to stick them in there and try to get them into the Champions League. And because they don't need the automatically qualify, they'll have to go through qualifiers. They will qualify like, automatically next season, not not Duty. not not the season coming the following season. Yeah, the 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 um change the coefficients or something. The coefficient it? is is two years in advance. So actually, Rangers' mm-hmm. performance in this year for twenty two twenty three, I think, is an automatic um, into it. Yeah. Yeah, so but it it they'll he'll stick with them, I think. For uh, you know, he's not going to walk out on them. I don't think with a year back in the Champions League and what he's done there, something that that Gav touched on. You know, we went to went to Rangers and whether Rangers are on the floor or not, they're a huge club. Whether we like them in Ireland or not, they're a huge club and they have an expectation to win. You know, whether they're on the floor or not. They you do, know, but their standards were horrendous, Keith. And, horrific. and I don't I don't I don't know if there's Rangers Still fans is, in this chat. Being honest. I think there was one I think there was one lad in here that was a Rangers fan because I seen him saying we are the people. Um so yeah. I think that's a Rangers a, a yeah, Rangers thing. Yeah. But um uh, their 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 standards were horrendous, Keith. Horrendous. It was, oh, it, was were, oh, it was a oh, it was a fucking Sunday league setup. It was ridiculous. I'm more thinking of the fans' expectations as well. You know what I mean? Like they're still Rangers and, and they're not going into that. I don't think they expected, you know, to, to do it as quickly and half of that's now the Celtic falling off a cliff. But that's not to take away from what Gerard actually done there because 
to, to do it in Europe is a big thing, as you said. To do it in Europe is a big thing, but the the fans would have expectations there. It's it, I don't know what the Oibrox capacity is. It's about fifty thousand as well, you know. So it's a huge 000. club. It's a huge setup, and Lampard at the same time went to Derby, and and people were like scratching their head about Gerard going to to Rangers, but it turned out to be a great move for them in hindsight. And the next move is key now. Wolves, uh, people mentioned Leeds. You know, personally, I'd rather see him go to Europe. Now, people are saying Dortmund. I don't think he'd have a chance of going anywhere near the Dortmund. I think it'd have to be maybe a level below. And if you look, I, at do, I do like Mr. Like, Slackpot's idea, uh, Slack a lot's idea though. Who says send him to Dortmund and we get Haaland in return? I, I'm, I'm a big fan oh, of that idea. All over that. <laughs> if that's the sort of deal we could, I don't know where Rangers will benefit out of this one. But I'd send them some cans. <laughs> yeah, happy with a few cans will then so be it. But I just think you know, Xabi Alonso has gone to Mönchengladbach there for the start of next season, and that's an excellent move for him. And I, that Great was move. the sort of club I was thinking of for Gerard because people say Leipzig and Dortmund. I don't know. You know, I don't know if he's, you know, I think maybe not a step below because Munchen Gladbach could still be looking to get into Champions League and, and in Europe at least. Zabi hasn't gone there actually. That's been that's been called off. Why is it being called off? I don't know. Well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't know the the people at Munchen Gladbach. Not, like not. not like you. Yeah, I thought you would have known. I thought you would have known. Is it being yeah. called off or has it just mm. been called because Rose doesn't leave until the end of the season? I don't know. But that's the sort of job I think. Yeah. Good for him. Do you know what I mean? That that sort of learning in a new country. If he goes to a Wolves or he goes to a a, a Leeds, let's say the the fact that he's Steven Gerrard and he's literally warming up for the Liverpool job, the the media will be on it like a lawyer. I think if he's out of sight and out of mind, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm with you. I don't know if you want to ask me that question, Jamie, but I want to answer it because I could not. Because I could not take Steven Gerrard in f- managing any other team in the Premier League. No, sir. I can't do it, Jamie. I would not. I would hate it. And in ter- and I think internally himself, he would want to avoid that. He would want I, to I, avoid I, coming I, up against Liverpool. I, I agree. And my qu- question to you, Grizz, uh, before we, we move on to the last question, is more around do you actually think that he will end up as Liverpool manager? Oh, and and, and and the second part of the question is: Do you worry about him potentially tarnishing his le- his legacy? Because I think we spoke about it, about it today. The Lampard effect. It didn't. I'm not. I'm not saying for one second. You know, he's of a level of Lampard, but you've seen how that has tarnished Lampard's legacy for some of the Chelsea fans. Is that a worry if he comes to Liverpool and it doesn't quite go right? Not for people like me, because I believe in this in this kid from from the start, and we've talked about his ambition and desire and he's fulfilled the prophecies and, and his dreams and everything he wanted to do, he's achieved. And we often, you know, it's often thrown at us sort of the way it ended at Liverpool, but I'm not that down about it because I know the story is about to continue. Jamie, I honestly do this kid. I've got no worries. Bollocks to all that ruining your legacy, man. You make your legacy. There's nothing that can ruin Steven Gerrard's legacy at Liverpool. Fuck's sake. No chance. I'm not having it. And the the rate, the way his career trajectory is, is taking place, absolutely nailed on at Liverpool Football Club. And also, he's going to make a fist of it. He's going to make a success of it. This is Steven Gerrard we're talking about. You know, who would have thought, you know, some of the teams he's played in that he would have come out through, come out with the medals he has, you know, not the best of eras. I'm telling you, this guy's aiming for the top and he's going to reach the top and, and, and he's going to take Liverpool or continue 
hopefully that's the word continue with with, with, with sort of keeping Liverpool at the top when he takes over the biggest fear I'd have sorry for cutting across the biggest fear I'd have for him is if he doesn't go to a club that the jump from a Rangers to a Liverpool for example that's two, key he's not going to be dealing with superstars or you know that's the key yeah you need to be dealing with a bigger um, better club I think and a better calibre of player now I know I mentioned Munch and Gladbach and they're not going to exactly going to be pulling yeah, up any trades but he just needs I think the, the idea of him jumping from a Rangers to Liverpool is a no-no for me even if he wins three legs in a row or something oh. up there I'd be dubious that I'd be sceptical oh, oh, no offence to Brendan Rodgers but he's not Brendan oh here Rogers. we go oh here he is he, no no he's waiting for this chance hasn't he look he's not Brendan Rodgers it's Steven Gerrard he's a much bigger he's a much bigger name in football to be dealing with superstars and and I think that goes for him um, you know and look people people go over the top about me and, and Brendan Rodgers but Brendan Rodgers was he was a coach you know he was an unknown coach and he comes in and he, he he's doing really well but I think you know, I think what stands to Stephen Gerrard is he's Stephen Gerrard. He will command respect, I think, as a young manager, quicker than Brendan Rodgers would. With regards to what he should do, I'm kind of torn on this. I I said it, I don't really want Stephen Gerrard as Liverpool manager. I think it's too much of a romantic notion right now. It's too much oh, of a I'm all in notion. for the romance. I'm all yeah, in. Yeah, I know you are, but I'm in here for football <laughs> results and actually winning stuff. Um, not just yeah. all going out and be great, isn't Stephen Gerrard a lovely fella? And don't ruin all, it for me, guys. And we're, all, we're, all, we're all 11th in the league and we're fucking over on cans. Yeah. Um, but, but the great thing dance. is, I, I'm a bit torn on it um, because of the romantics. I don't think the romantic stuff works. Um, I, I've, I see very few... Um, examples as to where romantic stuff works. With regards to where he goes, um, the championship is an absolute no-no for me. No. Oh, no. It's, it's no fucking way. I've seen it mentioned earlier in the Discord group. No for me. No. Just no. He needs to go to a club. Rangers have an expectancy and, and they're a huge club, but they don't have the power. You know, they're a Scottish club. They're a big club. They've, you know, all things being equal. They've 50,000 people in their ground every week. They're expecting to win every league game. They're probably expecting to get in the Champions League if you, to, if you talk to the fans. He needs to go to a club that have a bit more financial power, a bit more clout around Europe, but massive expectancy. Because trust me, in in three years' time, if he becomes Liverpool manager, he's going to turn up at one of the best-run football clubs in the world, but probably the football club with the most expectancy in the world. Um, from from fan bases anyway. So for me, yeah. I, I don't know where he... Go- it's very hard to pick from. I've looked at Holland because people have people have said about, you know, language barriers and stuff like that. I've looked at Holland and I, I think Ajax or PSV would be really good. They're big in their country. They have a bit of clout in Europe, a little bit of clout. And it's they're predominantly English speaking as well. So I think that might work. Uh, Leipzig have been mentioned. Um, you have um, Salzburg has been mentioned. But it's going to be very hard. And the biggest thing for me about Gerard is, don't get me wrong, in three years' time, if he's won another title at Rangers, he's got them into the Champions League and he's gone off to a, let's say Dortmund, just for argument's sake. And he's done really good there because they have spending power, they've big expectancy and he's done really well. I think that's a really good training ground for him. I think his biggest problem is Mauricio Pochettino. And I think Mauricio Pochettino is absolutely one. And you can log this, Janine. Log it. Get the pen out. Get the pen out. Log it. Log it out. Log it now. Mauricio Pochettino, in my opinion, 
is absolutely lining himself up for Liverpool. In absolutely the isn't. Absolutely I'm isn't. I'm telling you. It's a ludicrous. I'm telling it's you. It's not absolutely. a ludicrous. You tell me how it, it's ludicrous. Absolute ludicrous shout. I'm telling you now, Stephen Gerrard. Right, take five minutes off, boys. Me and him are going at this now. I'm yeah. telling you now, Stephen Gerrard, in my opinion, will be one of the contenders for the next Liverpool manager. Do you think Pochettino will be? No, I don't think Pochettino is, is, is FSG's... Uh, uh, I think, I think he's absolutely lined himself up for it. The way he carries himself, the way he's he put up with Daniel Levy, I think he's absolutely 100%. We can and carry move, on this discussion that, another and that, time. And that, and that move to Paris Saint-Germain, instead of taking the United job, which he could have had, tells me that Mauricio Pochettino absolutely has his eyes on Liverpool Football Club. Did everybody in the chat log that one? Everyone logged in today. All logged. Okay, we'll come, we'll definitely come I'd back message, to that one. I'd it's the cans. He's back well. on the cans. He's back on the cans and all hell breaks loose. Ah, listen, I don't need cans to revel grace for fuck's sake. <laughs> right, lads. Last question. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish on. And there's been comments in the chat. Like we could have done this for another two hours, um, but we, we we easily could have done it. I didn't touch on the, how it ended with Rogers. Look, we we'll, we can definitely do this again. It's a long international yeah. break. Uh, but the one that I do want to finish on, um, and it coming from Chris Brack today. And I want to go around the room and I'll come to you first, Grizz. He, Chris asked, rank your top, and he did say five, but we're going to go three in the essence of time. Top three Gerard goals <laughs> and games. I'm, I'm just, you just, have you just I'm, seen that comment? I've just seen that comment, that thing. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> um, I've got, got to take a screenshot of that and send it to my wife. <laughs> uh, I really am. Grizz, top three goals and games, Stephen Gerrard. Goals and games. Yeah, mixing uh, like. yeah, to be fair, the games I think will probably all be pretty similar. Yeah, games are games are Olympiakos, um, games are Istanbul, and the FA Cup final. Yeah, um, I think the goals, Cup final. Yeah, goals are, are wow, wow. Where do we start? Fucking hell, goals. Um, he scores an absolute beaut against Marseille. A very difficult goal when it's come across you, whipping it in the top. Clip across. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very difficult to do. Um, the the one he scores against uh, Fabian Bartes at Anfield at home. Rocket. The Rocket, because of Man United as well. That's two. Uh, You're robbing all my goals here, Grizz. Sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> you shouldn't have asked me first. You know me, great. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the best at robbing <laughs> <laughs> points and um if it's got legs i've got it um third one third goal wow where do we start where do we end um the middlesbrough the middlesbrough one power driver uh, yeah fucking hell yeah 40 50 yards oh, out. it's oh, ridiculous it's ridiculous yeah uh, that, was, that was on my list there was a one there was one newcastle away as well i don't know if you remember the free and when you the watch free that free kick, kick you, you think there's something wrong with the screen, don't you? Because the way he hits it and the way it goes and the way it given is given is a brilliant goalkeeper. I think given's in goal. And it's gone past him. Given is why why are you even diving? This is Yeah, no, I, I, re- I remember that one well because I was uh, I was at university at the time. I was living in Egbeth and we literally our student house was across the road from a boozer. And he used to be able to walk in the boozer, and if you were a Liverpool fan, you'd get a free pot of scouse with your pint. So I was sat there with me three pots of scouse eating away with me pint. And then Gerard pings it into the top corner. So that one, that one's a good memory for me. The yeah. cleanest striker I've ever seen. I mean, when you're talking about pure striking ability, there's no one, absolutely no one who compares with him in terms of variety of shots. 
you know, some people may talk about sort of, you know, Mih uh, the Sinsa Mihailovic, the, the, the Serb, the free kick yeah. taker. Do you remember one, like sort of, yeah. you know, those kind of, or Janinho. Branco, Branco at Genoa was dead. You know, yeah. but sort of in terms of variety of shots and variety of techniques, no one matches. Absolutely no one compares. The third one I'm going to go for is not probably, not many people will remember it, but we often say in the Merseyside derby, I think it was one of, I'm not sure now how early in, in his career is when it comes and to Texas. Drills across, and he drills the into the corner and the celebration like the into celebration. the Everton yeah, foot. Yeah, uh, yeah. That lives on in my memory. I think that, is that old one or is that old one old two? It's Wait, early. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenny.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Yeah, it's early, oh, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the jersey he has on. And, uh, he has the Reebok with the uh, Guys, Siri just said, that's what I reckoned. Unbelievable. I never yeah. asked it anything, but he's <laughs> agreed with me. I'm not joking, lads. Ah, I'd say you have that phone to agree with. Yeah. That's agree with what you. I reckoned. He literally <laughs> said that. Yeah. Thank you, Siri. It sounded like Siri was your voice as well. Then have you got yeah. have you set it to be your voice? I'd say yeah. so. You have no idea. Wait, this, guys, that's outrageous. That's it's what I reckon. This is the fellow that pretends pretends not to notice how many followers he has on Twitter. Would you yeah. stop? <laughs> um, can I can I throw a few in the pot? Of course. Uh, games Old Trafford two thousand and nine, four one. Um, yeah. He's he, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant, and he gets he gets Vidic sent off. He wins a penalty against Ever. He scores the penalty. Yeah. Um, I think he's absolutely brilliant. Um, Antico says into Milan at home. He was very good in that. He gets does he get two in that? No, he gets one the, in that. The longest shot that rolled along yeah. the floor. Forty yeah. bounces. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but some some of the goals he got were just the Marseille one away is deadly. I loved it. Um. Does one he scores against Newcastle um, at Anfield when Crouch talking about Crouch laying it off to him? I think Crouch lays one off to him and, and he buries it. But there's so many of them. There's so the the the, the hat trick against Everton. Yeah, um, but but I have to say, um, the, one of my favourites is the header against Everton at Anfield in thirteen fourteen when Everton thought they were in with a show. And Gerard scores that header. And do you remember he's running towards the... the he looked like the, Maradona the with his celebration. Yeah, and the eyes are popping <laughs> out of his head. Yeah, there, yeah. There was, there was so, so many good ones. Um, Istanbul's an obvious one. The FA Cup finalists. I was in Flanagan's Apple um, in in fucking Matthew Street for that. Um, absolutely insane that day uh, in Liverpool. Uh, how he ended up on Manchester Street, I don't know, but but I was that was say that the classy establishments for oh, you. Obviously, Gav, yeah. It was absolutely rammed from early doors. Um, <laughs> you couldn't get all in the old ones loving loving the young fellas. Really. Oh, you couldn't get in. You couldn't get in into the into a pub in Liverpool. You could not get in. But there's just so many brilliant, brilliant goals from from Gerrard. And do you know what one I loved? Um, and I leave it at this. Middlesbrough. I think I might be the opening day of our way online. It might be the opening day. I and mean, I think we're 2-1 yeah. down with five minutes to go. Uh, the free... Are you, oh. And it uh, drops in the box. Wide, when he was out no, 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 wide. No, he, no. That's, no, that's, the, that's, that's, that's in dead centre and he bleeding cuts yeah, across that. It, it, it comes in... The, the one you're thinking of, Jamie, is with, uh, Charlton. 
when he just runs uh, through people. Okay. And, and, oh, he but, smashed it into the top corner, did he? Yeah, this this is this is the cop end. I think it might be the opening day of 08 09 because I, I visions of Robbie Keane in my head. Liverpool, Liverpool has got 2-1 down. Score. Liverpool 2-1 down. We, we win 3-2. Three, three, two. Yeah, we do. We're 2-1 yeah. down with five minutes to go. And the ball gets hooked in the box. It manages to fall. And Jared just comes onto it and just sweeps it into the top corner. The place goes berserk. I'll leave it at that. I, I really enjoyed that one. Any to add, Keith? The FA Cup final goal for me is the best goal he's ever scored. It's one of the cleanest strikes you'll ever see. And the context of it, big in the context there, you know, it's it's just not looking like it's going away that day. Do you know what I mean? And what's it? Is it the last minute or injury time or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, and it just drops out. And yeah, if, it's you wa- if you watch it, if you, if you watch it back, if you watch it back, I think Reese lobs one in the box. And as he lobs it, you yeah. hear the fella saying there will be a minimum of whatever amount of minutes. Yeah. And then it drops and he just bashes it. It's it's just outrageous from so far out. And that's the thing, like from looking back at, at the goals, as I said earlier on, the distance he's hitting these strikes from the Newcastle free kick, like it's bleeding miles out, the the Middlesbrough ones, like the, the distance he's hitting them and to hit them so clean. Grizz touched on it there, you know, not many hit the hit the ball as clean as him. I'm not gonna pick three right games. But the three best moments for me in Steven Gerrard's career, and they've all been touched on, was the Istanbul final. His header is his header, you know what I mean? But the, the fact he picks the team up and puts them on his back. The the FA Cup final against West Ham, because it's just the most iconic goal. And one Gav touched on earlier when he told Van Persie, when Van Persie told him, uh, where's your league winner's medal? And he s- says back to him, where, where's your Champions League medal? I didn't leave me me team to go and chase a title, you know, and that for me was when he stepped up to be a captain. I didn't think he was a great captain, Stephen Gerrard. That was the, the turning point for me. And they're the three biggest moments for me, for Stephen Gerrard. But even go, look, we've gone through all the goals. I don't think there's many more. The Aston Villa free kick and Torres's debut uh, was a big beaut as well. Late on. I have to give, you know, I have to give, I have to give that one a mention, Tottenham away. If I'm thinking of the same goal, it's the one where he breaks from the halfway line. Yeah, and yeah. he takes a touch past them. Um, Absolutely. Was oh, it, yeah. Danny was Murphy it, was it, celebrated with him, I'm nearly sure. Yeah, was it, was it, was it Ben, was Ben Thatcher at Spurs at that time? I don't know. But he takes a touch past somebody and it's everything about Gerard. The touch, yeah. the power, the, the power, pace, yeah. the strength, he goes away and then the finish. And, like Keith right, the FA Cup final, Grizz is right, Istanbul. You talk about his screaming. first goal. His first goal, yeah. His first goal, yeah. But, goals, but the screamers, there's, there's all sorts. Him. But, yeah. but I think, I think Antikos Hirana, I think that's the one that epitomizes it because he gets up, he takes it, he just tears away from the last defender and it's just pure running power and then he has the, the composure to smash it into the bottom corner. I think that's that's brilliant. The the biggest players arrive at the biggest moments and FA Cup final for me. The the mad thing is he only hit it because he said he had cramp. Like, that, that's you know that's bananas. And then the, obviously the bit the big one, the Olympiacos goal. He he, you said before, Gav, football romance doesn't always work out. I think he's one of those managerial boys. Okay. Managerial okay. was. Oh no, I love romance and football. You know, FA Cup toured around bobbly pitches and all that mess. I love all that. But but managerial wise romanticism I don't think works. And I'm yet to be convinced. But he may he may change my opinion on it. I can change your opinion on it, don't you? You won't change my opinion. Go away, you dope. Right, so lads, we're at half eleven, right? So I want to I want to wrap up uh, uh, with a few bits to to call out. So new uh, for everyone watching and listening, new website is now up. There's been a lot of hard work that has gone into launching the website, so please do go check it out. LFCDT.com. Uh, 
it's been set up so that anybody that wants to contribute, whether that's articles, we've had a load, uh, a load of contributors get in touch and send their articles already. Please do whatever you want to share. If you want to get involved, I think if you e- uh, email lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com, uh, that'll come through and we'll be able to, to, to get it up on the site. As we've mentioned a few times today, we are now back on Discord. Um, so that's a, it's a ch- it's basically a chat app. Uh, we, we, it's going to be just for for ourselves and anybody listening to the podcast. Um, download the app, uh, register, and, and and we'll all be in there together. We've been all talking today. It's been been some great cracks. So please do get involved. Uh, I think Gav has put the links to that in the description to this podcast. So click that. Um, subscribers don't forget we are doing a prize giveaway when we get to 10k youtube subscribers i don't think we're too far away from that so please do oh but oh go on gav the bigger thing about the 10k stuff is that grizz has to do a podcast on the bike like i don't think we're making up for this i don't well well, i I, I forgot about it i hadn't even put it in my notes oh grizz isn't that the truth grizz (laughs) yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, you'd be last. You'd be talking to Siri then. You come on, to know what? Come on Chris, sell it to the audience, mate. Do you know what the thing is? Right, the funny thing is, I've actually <laughs> got a puncture on that boy, Kevin. <laughs> the I've actually fell off. Back, I've actually put it back in the garage, right? Yeah, well, you can do um, it in the garage. We can get a camera in there. It's no problem. Yeah, no, no, but I will. You know me; I'm a man of my word, and if yeah, I absolutely. get myself into these mad fucking situations, I've got to deal with it. <laughs> in fairness, you don't. We kind of put you into them, and then you don't. Yeah, well, you don't, you know, you I've don't, got to take, don't, take one for the team. Fight back, and then we just decide that it's happening. Take one for the team, no problem at yeah. all. I'll make yeah. sure. Let's let's look. The main thing is let's just get there. Everyone, yeah. whoever's there, tell your family, tell your friends. We've got so much stuff coming up. The Discord so, group, the Discord group has only gone live, and it's been. It was live a couple of months ago, and then we moved to something else. But we're moving back to Discord, and I have to say, it's been absolutely hopping today from from talk about this show to transfers to your favorite podcasts to your favorite old school dance tunes. Yeah, did you put in um, the dance tunes one? Guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm putting. I'm putting. <laughs> you can talk about. Listen, this is about talk about whatever you want. So uh, the, I put the dance tune one in so people give me a list and I can make a Spotify um, playlist for in the car. But the, all sorts of stuff. There's a game or one in there if you if you if you play playstation or xbox and you want to link up with people and play online with them there's loads of stuff going on in there so um make sure you go into the, the discord because it's really really good the website I, I swear to god i'm sitting here and there's two new um articles have dropped on the email while we're talking through this show but the idea behind the website is two things from the viewers and the listeners one if you watch look at the website and you think of anything else we can add to it don't be afraid to say it to us. We'll tell you to piss off if we can't do it. But if it's a good idea, we'll do it. And the second thing is the article or the blog is there for anybody to write anything about any football, anything at all. It can be Liverpool, Premier League, South American football, Keith will love. Um, you know, any just a topical thing on a, on something that's happened in football. Nobody, listen, there's, there's, there's six or seven on that now. And I can guarantee you five of them in there have wrote their first ever article. It's up there, it's published, you can read it. Nobody's going to slate you over it, nobody's going to have a go at you. It's your opinion about football, and that's all that matters. You know the way? So um, all the details are there, go in and do it, and whatever you want to write about, come back to us. And we, like, I literally have two more to do, I'll do them in the morning. But we're trying to get them up, we're trying to get them set onto our social media, into our Discord group, and talk about them, and, and people will, will, you know, talk to you about it, because you can leave a comment on it and everything. So it's it's a very easy way for regardless of what you want to say about football, it's your avenue to go and do that. And nobody's going to have a go at you about it. And um, because if they do, 
we'll have a go back at them. We'll set, you know, yeah, we'll sort of, set Neil, I want Yeah, them. absolutely. <laughs> um, we'll set the head of security shiny on them. So, Gav, I, I think uh, I want to finish on you. Just what have we got coming up uh, before we close? What what shows have oh. we got coming up? I know you've got oh. some good stuff planned. Oh, oh. tomorrow. So Grizz has a carnage tomorrow with me, him, I think Avi's on. And Grizz has decided to invite some viewers or listeners on. Isn't that right, Grizz? Oh, so yeah. It's to, a free-for-all tomorrow. Free-for-all. to it's come a, in and, oh, yeah, have a go. Come on, slag Gaffer's for yeah, yeah. opinions. Nah, they Please won't do. Please anyway. do. I'm all for so, it. So basically what's going to happen is there'll be three of us on there. We're going to have a Q&A. You can talk to us about anything you want. We've um, got one slot left, by the way. So if anybody wants to to sort of join us for, for 10 minutes on the show, ask yeah. us, chat about any topic you want to. We have mm-hmm. one slot. So DM any one of us if yeah. you're interested, and exactly. then we'll give you more details. Exactly. Anybody um, in the chat, please ask Grizz to do impressions. Yes. The impression seems to come up. Nice, a serious show. No, it's not. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an international break Q&A where you can ask questions about anything. It could be anything like, you know, what cans is Gav drinking tonight? It's Pratsy, by the way. Um, I can only do impression of Scottish people. Yeah. Uh, if, you get into, if you can get into in a, a Scottish person where he says, we haggis, you're laughing. Scottish stroke uh, Nigerian. <laughs> he's <laughs> not, he's not, um, he's, um, who is he? Yeah, man, he's, he's Patrick Truman of EastEnders. That's who he is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's a Q&A, but we're going to have four or five people come on as well and ask questions. But in that, it'll be just, Ask a question about anything you want. Friday is Chris with the Friday forecast, and I think they're they're looking at the Premier League squads, um, maybe the top six, and they're going to take a couple of players out of squads, and they're going to get people to put players into squads. It has to be realistic to see what way it's going. That I'm actually looking really looking forward to that. And then Sunday, of course, will be the fat back four. Um, it'll be the last one of the international break before we get back to football. So. God only knows. It could be Grizz on a bike. It really could. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads, we did say we were going to finish at 11. So we're 40 minutes late, right? So we yeah. didn't do too bad. Well, Sorry, no, Gavin. No, it's no. horrendous. <laughs> uh, but that's enough from us. Uh, big thanks, as always, to Gav, Grizz and Keith for your time. Big thank you, most importantly, to everybody in the live chat watching and have been getting involved. Uh, it is very much appreciated by everybody. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just making sure that you like the video, leave us comments underneath, let us know what you thought of the show that would be brilliant but most importantly hope you enjoyed it look after yourselves stay safe and we will be back with you next wednesday on the midweek fix all the best 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more oh that's a cheer we used to do in softball uh what it's uh actually geico whenever someone hit a triple we would wave our bats and yell 15 minutes could save you 15 percent or more but we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs annoying The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. These days, we're all getting more screen time, which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before. Too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, Add blocks to any Zenny frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenny.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.